so it's in in the in the church right mm-hmm. and it's the seating does get a little bit hard and uncomfortable but for the second half i found a good like kind of corner ledge of a pew oh, and started yeah. working on this knot in my shoulder <laughs> i don't get it Welcome to I Don't Get It, a podcast about performances in Edmonton. I'm Paul. And I'm Fonda. And we are proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Powered, powered by, by ATB. Uh, Happy New Year, Fonda. Happy New Year, Paul. Uh, yeah, it's our first episode of the year, so we have some um, special things coming for you. That's right. Yeah. Thoughts, projections. <laughs> yeah, uh, thoughts, projections, and even reviews. Ooh. Um, so what's what's on the docket for today, Fonda? What did we see? Well, I saw well, a couple of I saw a couple of shows. Um, I saw a site-specific Macbeth being done at Holy Trinity Anglican Church, mm-hmm. um, and also a, a production at Mile Zero Space or Mile Zero's Spazio Performativo is called Relocate, Relocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was very cool and consisted of four different pieces. But in the second half of the show, we're also going to uh, take a look at Liz Nichols' year-end theater quiz because we thought that would be a little fun. Put ourselves to the test to see if we to see if we get anything right. I, uh, I cheated a little, not by looking at the answers but by looking at some of the questions and a lot of them i don't know <laughs> a lot of them were hard and i think you know we see a lot of stuff so um in any case uh, there's that and then we were gonna um give a little bit of our like what we're looking forward to in 2019 yeah All i'm right. looking forward to many things so many things um great fonda well uh what do you want to start with do you want to start with relocate or macbeth well let's start with macbeth um, Mackers. so Mackers. The Scottish Mackers. play. So funny, as I was talking to people about this show throughout the week, you really know who's like a theater sort of like superstitious hard person mm-hmm. because they continue to avoid saying Macbeth. Right. It's always Mackers right. or, you know, the Scottish play, the Scot- just, that sort of thing. Right. Good old Max. Um, so yeah, uh, this production is being put on by the Malachite Theater Collective, which, um, is based in the UK and Canada and they specialize in site specific Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So, so this was being done in the sanctuary part, which is like, you know, the big main part of the uh, Holy Trinity Anglican Church, which is that big, beautiful fringe venue we have yeah, <laughs> out yeah. on the south side. Um, and yeah, it, the, it was interesting. I'll talk a little bit just about how they used the building, mm-hmm. I think, first. Sure. Um, so the setup was they used the back part of the sanctuary, sort of where, you know, your regular church stuff gets staged, as well as they built a high runway down the... Down down the middle aisle between okay. the pews. So a lot of the action was happening sort of at shoulder level cool. um, while you were sitting in the pew and and also right beside you. Right. There was some proximity. That's nice. That's yeah. cool. So it was it was kind of cool, except that they encouraged everyone to sit in the first four rows. So or first four or five rows. So if you were sitting in the first or second row, as soon as someone stepped out onto the walkway, maybe more than two or three feet, you were already turning turning and craning your head to see sure. and in a and in a hard wooden pew for a three-hour Shakespeare play <laughs> right, right, right. That, that can get a little tough but um they th- what was really cool about the space was that um the sound was just incredible yeah. um the voices carried the way they used the witches was very interesting they almost used them to sort of provide ambient score throughout so they would have um the three of them kind of further back at different areas of the church just sort of like you know kind of like 
howling or droning and and like it really added atmosphere to um to what was happening on stage also sort of projecting that they their influence is maybe there quite a bit more than just in those few key scenes where we actually see them in the play yeah yeah so that i thought that that was kind of an interesting um way to use the space because of the way that also just sound echoes in that building it was it turned out nicely in that way right um one thing with shakespeare today is it's often sort of interpreted in different ways or sort of positioned in different times or eras so so what was sort of the the setting aside from the church but what was the setting of this this particular performance of the Scottish play This one was still very much Scotland there was still plaid the big so- the big broadswords you know um beards long hair it was it was still very Scottish um and I I would point out that I thought the costumes were really nicely designed they they had just a, like a really nice look to them it looked very uniform um the costume designer was Dana Lubke um sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right um yeah and so I, in that way that it, the because there was no not a lot of other set that was mm. built um the costumes really sort of brought to life that era that they were trying to evoke um yeah and they did have like sort of like the blue paint on the face like braveheart and all that kind sure, of stuff yeah, too yeah. so so the look of it um and in that in the sound of it in that way was uh yeah, it was is interestingly done. I would want to point out the performance of Lady Macbeth, Danielle LaRose. Um really very nicely done um and young fleance played by um anna mccauley also played um mcduff's daughter Mm -hmm. and of course the like the most heartbreaking scene of the play and um bob greenwood um an older actor and he played duncan as well as the porter and the porter as we know is like the comic relief in Macbeth. so you saw a murder and you could chill out for a minute yeah we saw a murder and then he starts talking about drinking and pissing and stuff um uh, another thing with with that i know of the Scottish play is often um, uh, it's sort of about often about how we interpret that relationship between uh, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth mm-hmm. and sort of the dynamic there of what is the ambition. And there are sort of many ways uh, and it seems actors really sink their, their teeth into the different ways of interpreting that that relationship. So how would you describe the, the relationship of those sort of two central characters in this uh, in this piece and sort of uh, the dynamic they chose to present there and how that felt. Mm-hmm. In this production, um, I feel that I you could see the characters, you know, Lady Macbeth is really sort of the driver to begin with, mm-hmm. and that's clear in the script. Um, but then Macbeth kind of starts getting away from himself, and I think that that's where the different nuances in different productions come out, is just like, well, how does he do that? Mm-hmm. And then she kind of, she does kind of take a step back as she descends into madness. Um, but, of course, the mad scenes are, like, the most heartbreaking and actually like the best performance parts of the show Mm -hmm. I I I think um but in this one um you could really see Byron Martin was playing Macbeth and you could kind of really see how the character started amping up and um yeah getting you know a lot a lot more confident um and crazy in his (laughs) leaning into the choices the murder leaning in yeah i mean i think that uh i think that there was a lot more sort of like high-pitched um scenes in this production where i think you know Shakespeare's language is, is is fantastic it is classic and and its own thing for 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 a reason and i don't think that it needs to be as as uh 
super screechy all the time, I sure. guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the play, like battle scenes and fights and a lot of very emotional things. Um, so, yes, there's there's some uh, yelling that's warranted. Um, I would also point out the performance of Sam Jeffrey as Macduff. Um this was um, sort of, it was like a gender reversed performance, mm-hmm. even though the character was still a man. Sure. So um, Macduff being played by a female actor. Um, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of lines about Macduff and in, in his dialogue that um, emphasize what it means to be a man or how you should act like a man or feel things like a man. Um, and so to have those lines either projected to or um, spoken by a, a woman were kind of, were, it's a, it was a nice switch. And of course, um, Macduff is the one who finishes the play um, with great gusto and all that because of of, co- of course he's he's the one who's not born of woman and right. all that from his mother's womb yeah. untimely, untimely rips rip. um, <laughs> yeah. great yeah it's interesting uh, it's it's such an action packed play and there's so much um, violence within it but some of the the most affecting moments I think in in the writing are sort of those moments when someone is alone uh, doubting or or revealing that sort of more intimate thoughts when. Macbeth is sort of waiting for his signal to go kill, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. kill the king, or some of the the moments when either him or Lady Macbeth are alone or together and sort of just like have those moments of doubt where they're sort of the the cracks of the facade are, are fading and they're they're you know showing the strain of having done this and it mm-hmm. not going according to plan and now having to live with the consequences of that or not, um, yeah. <laughs> as the case may be. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, so how did you find that sort of dynamic, I guess, between sort of the big and and the small? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a liker of the quiet scenes because those I I feel are where you really get to absorb the language. And, um, yeah, I think that actually one of the scenes, the quiet scenes, well, turns into a very loud, bad scene. Um, but, um, between, um, Macduff's wife and child was like just this actual beautiful, quiet moment between a mother and child talking about you know what their father is doing out there all right so and when you say a bad scene you mean bad things happen bad, in bad, that things, case. bad things happen after this like really really nice family moment mm-hmm. that is very quiet um and that was uh um actually played by one of the witches monica Matiford. um I, I it was interesting to see her play a witch and then go into this like really kind of beautiful mother role and she is of course in the play meant to completely contrast Lady Macbeth's mm-hmm. kind of very sort of like um, almost masculine, um, like powerful, like, you know, ambitious uh, persona. And then, you know, you have this kind of like really sort of just like wonderful mother figure who just gets brutally killed. Um, <laughs> 400 year old well, fight. Sorry. Yeah. And I, it's Shakespeare. We do spoilers for Shakespeare because it's impossible not to. Um but yeah, um, there was it. So it was interesting to see some cool uh, new Edmonton talent. I thought that the fight scenes were really well done. Um, Janine Waddell was the fight director, um, wielding some very heavy equipment uh, that in in such a, a precious space actually <laughs> um, was kind of uh, also interesting to see too. All right, well, and so and so and so that was Macbeth, and it's running until January nineteenth at Holy Trinity Church. Cool. What? Uh, now let's let's get into the next thing. Next thing. 
Boom. So I will pull out my notes on Relocate from my brand new Mile Zero Dance Sippy Cup, which they are now distributing when you go to Mile Zero Dance shows, um, which is cool. They're joining the environmental train. Great. You know? Um, Yeah. So I saw a show called Relocate, the experiment number three. And so this is part of a series of um, experiments that uh, a Calgary company is doing or a Calgary collective is doing. There were, um, let's see, there were four pieces in this, um, and the first three in the first half were all kind of like very short. Um, the, uh, yeah, and it was in Spacio Performativo, so of course everything is quite intimate. You're very close to the performers. Um, the first one, as you walk in, was called Dream Disco, and it was, um, uh, you're just hearing the voice of a woman saying, Hello, I'm Marie. Thank you for coming. And so you and you see this dancer behind sort of like a wall of, um, you know, like bead curtains, but the beads are all sparkles. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's she's kind of in this actual like circle tent of this bead curtain. And she's just a dancer all in white. And she's just got this smile painted on her face. Um, and it sort of like starts descending. The the vo- vocal loop is the same thing over and over sure. again. And it kind of keeps dis- like she the dancer very slowly starts kind of like crumbling as this is all going on. It takes probably three or four minutes. Um, and then she ends up on the ground and the voiceover changes to start talking about a mother who, or, to, or the narrative of a mother who is um, just going through the day with her two children. And it is like, it goes from this sort of like very beautiful, serene, you can see there's like kind of like a facade painted around it um, to just her talking about cleaning up her kids' poop and the mess they make with food and like trying to get them in the car and stuff. And like, it's just a very, it was a very affecting piece about just kind of like how... Um, women often and mothers especially have to just put on this face where they hold it all together. And then when you draw back this kind of like beautiful curtain, there's so much shit going on. Right. All, the, all <laughs> of the labor that goes into having a, a quote unquote perfect family or sort of that facade of, you know, the kids and the lovely life and like, ah, my kids are involved in this and that and aren't they great? But it's like, oh yeah, but also there's poop. Yeah. There's tantrums. <laughs> there's yeah. all of these things that... that Mother is often the one who is left to deal with um, by by herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of the, you know, there's an intentional contrast, I think, between like this sort of like beauty, false beauty almost, and what you what maybe i don't know someone like me with who ha- doesn't have kids would perceive as like the ugliness of like trying to take care of kids when you're trying you know you don't even have time to take care of yourself mm-hmm. she's talking about you know like not being able to have coffee or put her hair up or anything like that um and but there's also kind of an interesting beauty just in the just in that sort of like resilience of knowing that you know like the kids are gonna be the kids are okay and you're doing this and you know and she's still actually also talking about working and getting work done too like as a creator um so yeah that piece was really interesting it was created by Linnea Swan um and the performer was Marie France Forcier uh so really like that one um it was super short though the next piece I think was my favorite one of the evening um it was called Napoli and the uh performer and um creator was Rosanna Terracciano um and you have to also acknowledge that her father Vincenzo Terracciano is also in the piece in video 
Okay. So it starts out um, with him being projected uh, on the wall behind her. She's just sitting in a chair sort of in front of his image. And he's speaking in Italian super gesturally, you know, like very, um, you know, kind of like, you know, saying things like fuego and just like what gesture would go with that. And sure, he's yeah. he's having a very good time of it. <laughs> this like old Italian papa. Um, and she, her face is just sort of reacting and responding to what is going on it's just sort of she's almost like confused and slightly horrified by it um but then he you know his uh video and voice starts looping and uh she gets up and starts making gestures herself which are kind of mirrored on his but also a little bit more frenetic and fluttery um and she then starts incorporating flamenco uh into the piece because I, i i'm not i'm not entirely sure of her own background but it's based around um, the influences of three cities, Napoli, Calgary, and Seville. So, and Seville is, of course, the home of flamenco, which uh-huh. is, like, wonderful. Um, yeah, and so she, I just, of course, I really enjoy flamenco on its own, and just seeing this artist bring, like, a very abstract, contemporary um, take on it, and also mixing the Italian language, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a very beautiful piece. I'd really like to see um, this artist in Edmonton again. Um, and the third was a very short video piece called RIP, R-I-P, um, performed by Tanya Alvarado and Melanie Klotzel. And um, <laughs> they basically, it's an, it's an alliterative text speech piece. Sure. Okay. So um, Tanya Alvarado is speaking all in P's, P words, and Melanie Klotzel was speaking all in R. This was all done on video. The sure. two artists weren't actually there. Um, but it's a short sort of like um, back and forth between the two about being a dancer and being a professional and trying to make money. And um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was quite funny. The writing was interesting because they had to use they they were really using only R and P words. Right. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, the best line of the night though was uh, hearing Tanya Alvarado say "Pack it in, princess," <laughs> and and that's what all dancers should do at some point in their career. I guess was sort of like the <laughs> the um the gist of what that piece the was. Point was sometimes yeah. it's sometimes it's time to call it quits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. Yeah. Um, cool. Great. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And then there was there was one more piece, um, which I'll just talk briefly about because um, it's going to be I, it was just a in progress piece of something that will be happening as part of the Dance Crush series later in April. Um, it was Amber Barotzik's piece called Solo Guesses Found. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just says that really what it was kind of like a wonderful, interesting piece about, um, you know, choices. And, and relationships and and things that uh, things that work and things that don't work out. But she basically does an entire dance with um, an amaryllis, like a like an amaryllis bulb that has what, just sprouted. What that? An amaryllis bulb is um so it's like a, it's like a root plant. It's got a kind of a big bulb on oh, it, cool. and it grows into like a, this big big huge flower. But for this piece, she just had one that had just sprouted um and so and she passed it around the audience and it was quite beautiful but um just seeing the uh the themes and and um kind of emotion that of the piece and also just the frenetic energy that amber barotzik was is going to bring i think uh uh guesses found happening in april as part of dance crush is going to be pretty freaking cool cool great. yeah 
Great. And then they then they do a big old improv dance oh, jam yes. at the end. <laughs> yes, they did finish it top it all off with a big a big old improv um uh, thing with all of the performers and uh, an accompanist. His name was Chris Dadge uh, on drums, and that was uh, it. Was just a kind of like a big old roly poly crawly party. It right. was great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, that sounds great, Fonda. And I think uh, it also sounds like it's time for an ad. Today's episode is brought to you by the Well Endowed Podcast, produced by Edmonton Community Foundation. The latest episode goes into the kitchen with John Hall and Twyla Campbell to cook up a storm and chat about their new book, Maps, Markets, and Matzo Ball Soup, The Inspiring Life of Chef Gail Hall. Chef Hall was a prolific community member who touched many lives in Edmonton through her work as a writer, media personality, and as a cook. She passed away after a battle with breast cancer in 2016, and in this episode, they discuss her legacy through food and how the Chef Gail Hall Fund at ECF is helping aspiring young chefs get their start. To listen to this and all episodes, visit thewellendowedpodcast.com. All right, now it's quiz time for Paul and Fonda. Guess who we have to help us with quiz time? Is it Andrew? I think it's our co-producer, Andrew Paul. Hello, Andrew. Hello. It is quiz time indeed. So let me get to the questions here. And as you mentioned off the top of the show, Fonda, these are a selection of questions from Liz Nichols' Twelfth Night Holiday Edmonton Theatre Quiz. Uh, So these aren't all of them. There's about, I don't know, 30 questions in the full quiz. Uh, But I've grabbed a handful here because I kind of want to see uh, how well you've been paying attention uh, over the course of the theatre season. Oh, good God. Okay. (laughs) All right, so what we're going to do and how this is going to work is I will uh, pose the question and you can buzz in at any time when you think you know the answer, but each of them have, uh, uh, it's like multiple choice. Okay, Fonda, you will ding and Paul, you will buzz. There we go. All right, question number one. Which of the following festivals are not part of the annual Chinook series in February? A, sound off. B, Deep Freeze. C, Canoe. Fonda. Deep Freeze is not part of the Chinook series. That is correct. Deep Freeze is happening outside of our house right now. (laughs) Yeah, I thought uh, we would start with a real real easy one off the top. Uh, All right, question number two. The title of Colin Doyle's Terry and the Dog, which premiered in an Edmonton Actors Theatre production in 2018, is an allusion to a play by A, Arthur Miller, B, Martin McDonough, C, John Patrick Shanley, D, Edward Elby, E, Tennessee Williams. Fonda. Edward Elby. That is correct. It's from the zoo story, which Uh, happened earlier this summer. All right, number three. Which of the following productions seen in Edmonton this year was based on a verse novel written in a dauntingly intricate rhyme scheme? A, Soiled Doves. B, Onyegin. C, Children of God. Paul. B. Onyegin. That is correct. All right. On the board. (laughs) On the board. On the board. (laughs) Next question. In which play of 2018 did a celebrated literary recluse, Ella J.D. Salinger, figure prominently? A. The Finest of Strangers. B. Going to St. Ives. C. The Listening Room. D. Skirts on Fire. Or E. Old Stock. You go for it. You take a guess first. All right, Fonda. 
I'll say the listening room. That is incorrect. Over to you, Paul. Can I see? Can you give a quick, quick, quick recap of the remaining options? Uh, yes, and this is your chance to tie it up. A, the finest of strangers. B, going to St. Ives. C, the listening room. D, skirts on fire. Or E, old stock. Going to St. Ives. That is incorrect. Is it the finest of strangers? It is D, skirts on fire. Damn it, Stuart oh. Lemoyne. Damn you. Okay, next question. Next question. <laughs> All right, it's still 2-1 for Fonda at the moment here. In Matthew McKenzie's Bears, which returned to Edmonton in 2018 in a new production, the protagonist is chased by A, mafioso grizzlies, B, creditors, C, an infuriated zookeeper, D, environmentalists, or E, oil company reps. E, oil company reps. <laughs> that is correct, and we are tied I at two. What sound was. <laughs> really just make any sound. Just <laughs> yeah. All right, two questions left. Which of the following characters did Julian Arnold not play in 2018? A, a priest. B, a songwriter with writer's block. C, a miser. D, an aspirational cross-dresser. E, a first world war major. An aspirational cross-dresser. That wasn't this year. That is actually correct. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last question. <laughs> yeah, last question. Which of the following is not the name of an Edmonton indie theater? Damn It Tammy Productions, Theater of the New Heart, Heartstopper Theater, Cardiac Theater, or E. Bumblebear Productions? Heartstopper is not uh, an indie theater. Correct. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. And There's cardiac theater, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. That's a real one. <laughs> uh, Fonda takes it. Boom! It was close, though. It was really close. I actually think we probably tied, but we were, you know, not. Yeah. But history will remember the winner <laughs> being Fonda <laughs> Mithrush. Remembers the winners. That's right. Of theater quizzes. Right. All right. Congratulations, Fonda. And thus concludes our excerpt of the Twelfth Night Holiday Edmonton Theater Quiz. If you would like to check out the entire quiz and see how well you do, you can visit twelfthnight.ca, uh, where Liz has posted uh, all twenty-seven or so questions. That's 12, the number, TH, for the website. And also go read all of Liz's writing and reviews. Uh, she's a gem. 12thnight.ca. That's how, that's how it is, right? Correct. Yeah, cool. Okay. Okay, let's go do an ad. Ever wondered how Edmontonians helped create the River Valley Parks? Or how lawns affect the locals who live nearby? Our pals on Let's Find Out are starting the new year off with a special live event called How Nature Shapes Us. From clearing the prairies with fire to planting elm trees along our streets, humans have been shaping the land in Edmonton for millennia, and it's been shaping us right back. You can join in on this afternoon of short talks and a live recording of Let's Find Out at the Almanac on February 9th. For more info about Let's Find Out and all of APN's member podcasts, visit albertapodcastnetwork.com. All right. All right, Fonda. Um, well, what are we looking forward to? It's the new year, Paul. What are yeah. we looking forward to? I got two. 
I got two on my docket okay. that are that are piquing my interest. Um, we already talked a little bit about Mile Zero Dance today, but um, in May, uh, as part of the Mile Zero uh, season, there's a, a a thing called Zero Gravity International Performance Art Festival. It's May 16th to 19th. Um, and it's a four-day performance art festival uh, curated by Bo Coleman, presenting, uh, according to the uh, the info, a cutting-edge array of international visual performance artists. In this da- in these dangerous times we live in, zero gravity asks us to use art as a way to get above it all, to think in new ways, not only to escape but to act. What do artists have to say about the gravity of the world? It looks like there's artists coming from all over the world. Uh, as well as Coleman herself will do a performance. So that piqued my interest. I like gravity as a concept and also <laughs> a, a truth. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, see what that looks like. Cool. Um, one pick that I have I'm looking forward to is coming up um, at the end of March, a uh, Northern Light Theater production called 19 Weeks. Um, and this is the one about um, a woman... Um, talking about uh the choice to terminate a pregnancy um at 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 19 weeks and there's a lot of um of course um social and cultural uh things that that get talked about and i'm just i i think it'll be a fascinating and very interesting conversation yeah i want to go to on one of the nights with a talk back for sure (laughs) yeah yeah you're probably gonna want to talk about it afterwards Cool. Uh, next up on my docket, uh, also at the end of March, March 27th to April 7th, and everywhere but the club at the Citadel is A Sleight of Mind, uh, which is written by Beth Graham, who we know from Pretty Goblins and a myriad other works, The Gravitational Pull of Bernice Trimble, uh, and uh, directed by Heather Inglis. So it's uh, a work from Theatre Yes, which is Heather's company, and it's a roving production that will go around um, the Citadel Theatre in the lobbies, but also the hidden corners. Uh, which seems, uh, it's cool. It's, uh, you know, uh, a couple shows in the past have sort of gone through uh, the the hallways and the, the back rooms of the Citadel, uh, which is always a fun sort of experience. And uh, it'll be cool to see what uh, what Beth's writing does in those spaces. Yeah, very cool. Um, one, of, uh, one of my favorite productions from last season was when um, Mercury Opera did... Um, La Traviata at Chez Pierre. <laughs> it was super fun. And I found out that this year in uh, in March, I believe, they're doing La Boheme at Chez Pierre. So uh, definitely um, it's a small space and we'll probably sell out. So I would say get tickets for that early because it's probably going to be another very good time. Um, of course, all operas are tragedies. So they're sad at the end, but you still get to, there's a bar, so it's good. Hey. <laughs> Um, yeah, and well, with that, um, I think we can move on to our listings for now. Um, from as stated earlier, January 4th to 19th, Macbeth by Malachite Theatre is running at Holy Trinity Church. Uh, from January 11th to 26th is uh, Calder Saga, uh, a queer tavern drama for a midwinter's night, which is happening at the Almanac on White. Uh, from January 12th to February 3rd is Sweat by Lynn Nottage. It's a Pulitzer Prize winning play that's happening at the Citadel. Uh, the Cardiac Shadow is a co-production between Northern Light Theatre and Good Women Dance happening January 18th to February 2nd at the ATB Arts Barns. And um, next up from Alberta Ballet is uh, Ballet BC Triple Bill at the Jubilee Auditorium. Um, that's choreographies by Crystal Pite, our favorite, or my favorite. Yeah, I still haven't seen a work by <laughs> know, Crystal Pite. I know, I know. Um, and the other choreographies are by William Forsyth and Mehdi Uh That's happening January 22nd and 23rd. 
And then January 22nd to February 2nd, we have Lake of the Strangers, produced by Nahayowin and starring Hunter Cardinal, which is happening at the Backstage Theater. Very cool. Well, also another favorite thing that happened last year was Hunter Cardinal as Hamlet. That's. I hope that that still remains in the Sterling thing. I'm going to keep saying it so that someone notices. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but that's all from us, I think. Uh, a bunch of stuff happening. Everything's kicking into gear. Chinook starts in a couple weeks yeah. or next month, which is, you know, two weeks of theater and dance and, and everything. So go go see some stuff, everybody. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blinoff. Sit here, thank you.